Anyways, so, I love botany. I love plant science and that yeah. always will be a part of my life. But made a sharp transition, I think because of COVID, you know, that changed the way that we were working, changed the way that we were interacting with each other. And I was ready to play more games, I think. Rain Podcast. Welcome to Unleash Your Supernova. This is the companion podcast to the Unleash Your Supernova book, a guide to mindfulness and manifestation in creative entrepreneurship and life. I'm your host, Nova Lorraine, award-winning fashion designer, author, founder, as well as award-nominated producer and host. In addition to being a poet, advisor, actor, and mother, just like an exploding star, we all have the ability to shine millions of times more than the sun, to expand into the greatest, brightest version of ourselves, reaching our fullest potential. Join myself and my inspiring guests as we guide you on a journey of growth, creativity, and manifestation in both business and life. My guests are creative entrepreneurs from around the world doing what they love while shining a light to others. And so if you want to launch an idea in the real world or the metaverse, this podcast is for you. Today, I'm excited to welcome Bobby Kunta to the show where he is going to share how to maintain our imagination and that little kid inside as we all play grown up or for some of us who are still growing up. And so before we dive into the interview, I just want to read a little bit about Bobby. Bobby is full-time crypto, as the kids say. He quit his day job in agriculture for yield farming in cryptocurrency, building GameFi, blockchain communities, and fostering an open metaverse for play-to-earn gaming guilds. He is the co-founder of Non-Fungible Events with Ayana Scherer. He is also the strategic marketing manager at Blockchain Space, a guild hub of the metaverse. He believes future of work, jobs, education, and finance are intertwined in the metaverse. Hey, Bobby. Hey, Nova. Great to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show today. Super excited. I know your bio was packed. <laughs> With a lot of terms that some people may be hearing for the first time, a lot of them are Web3, crypto and metaverse related activities yeah. and projects, you know, which I'm very involved in right now. So for me, it's like, oh, this is so cool. So cool. So cool. But for those that are just putting their toe in the water or hearing yeah. from the sidelines about some of these things, before we get into the, the topic of today, I definitely want to have you give a brief <laughs> description of what you're currently doing in the space. And then we could dive into your why and why you're doing what you're doing. So let's just start with just laying the foundation of what you're doing. Yeah, gosh, brevity will be a, a challenge in that one because there's quite a bit to it. This is a novel space that we're all really excited about. So there's a, a lot of different areas to explore and to tie together. So I think in, all right, here I go. 30 second challenge for myself. <laughs> in short here, we aim to really empower players and gamers to come out from behind their avatars and to form non-fungible friendships, which is to say non-fungible things are not one to are not equal to each other. Like 
The US dollar is fungible because $1 equals $1. A non-fungible thing is a set of things that are the same but not equal in value, like a collection of art. One piece may have more value than the other, thus it's non-fungible. So we, we see friendships, we see relationships, we see events and experiences in our life the same way. No two of them are really the same and they all need to be enjoyed and finding the value in each of them and connecting people's experiences together. So I think that's the shortest version is of what we're doing. We see, you know, everybody wants to play, everybody wants to earn. And so play to earn gaming is a, a big part of what we do because we really see that that gamified experience is a big part of our digital futures. You know, I could get into, yeah, I mean, some of the core foundational understandings of this is like, we all value our experiences at this point a bit more than our things in life. And that's a really big shift that's happening pretty quick in the world is people want to have memories more than they want to have a closet full of crap. And and that's what we're here to, to do is to give people memory and friendships through experiences, whether they're tangible at a venue or if they're in the metaverse, like you said. Hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. And what stood out to me was the gaming aspect, right? Gamifying and playing and friendship. And I want to come back to your why and, you know, hearing that you left your day job from something that was so not related <laughs> to what you're, well, kind of maybe in theory, but something that that's so integral to our physical world and how we do our day-to-day -day, um, to something non-physical and completely immersive and from a virtual sense. What is the why behind what you're doing now? And I love to share this for those that are joining us for the first time. I love to tap into each guess why, because it really becomes that North Star for that moment in our life. And sometimes we're guided in the right direction, sometimes not. <laughs> so, but I'm curious, obviously you're doing amazing things. What is the why? What's driving you? I think it was a culmination of factors, really. I've always been into bringing people together around causes or around artists or things that they like, you know, something that really reaches into their soul. And to that end, I've been throwing musical events since before I was, you know, I was too young to even book the venues when I, I started. And uh, I've been involved in, in politics and developing campaigns and bringing people together around those causes. And I believe I've always been into experiences and immersing myself into whatever I'm doing. I think that horticulture and just botany in general, environmental sciences is pretty immersive. I mean, you've got to get out there and get your hands onto other living organisms. And frankly, plants are kind of more alien to humans than aliens in some ways, because we think more about aliens than we do about plants. Like people mm -hmm. watching TV think more about aliens than they think about how plants work. Anyways, so I love botany. I love plant science and that yeah. always will be a part of my life. But made a sharp transition, I think because of COVID, you know, that changed the way that we were working, changed the way that we were interacting with each other. And I was ready to play more games, I think. <laughs> mm, I love that. And you know what? You're right. You bring up a good point regarding we think more about aliens than we do plants. <laughs> it's like, well, when you put it in that perspective, it makes you just want to pause and think about that. And there's so much to plants and nature that we don't know. And we're always discovering, you know, scientists are discovering new species of plants all the time. But when you, so for example, I'm one of those nerds that loves watching like the nature channels and, you know, where they're, it's either like new worlds under the sea or 
uh, you're going off to South America and the Amazon. Like I love that stuff. And I am always fascinated by the wonders that we come across, or at least I'm coming across and what I'm learning. And actually in a book I read last year, there was some research done to show that plants reacted to being cut, like what you would say is pain. So if if they're being cut or snipped, they actually show this reaction. And so then you're like, whoa, do plants feel pain? I mean, even just that question, I think is fascinating. So love the fact that you're you're a botany lover, plant lover, love that. Absolutely love nature, inspired by nature. But there was something else that I thought was really interesting is that you mentioned you wanted to play more. And this was inspired by, we all experienced the lockdown and everything else. And so you were drawn to gaming and playing. And so I would like to just ask you what, do you feel like what you're doing now, how it can contribute to someone really allowing this play, this new form of work that we're calling play to enhance what they're doing in the real world. Those that haven't left their J jobs or are doing something that doesn't necessarily contribute to play. How do you think what you're doing now will help them? Sure. Well, that's a tough one. I am. First, I want to plug a book, What a Plant Knows. You should check it out. It kind of ties together human feelings and anthropomorphizes plants in a way that that reveals a lot of the science behind plants. But how what I'm doing right now kind of uh, plays into the larger zeitgeist is the word that comes to mind, like how people are interacting with their day to day jobs and their life is kind of playing the long game here to come back to the game. You know, you mentioned in the intro that you, you read for me there is that you know, I see this as the future of game, of work and of school, and and it will be. And I, when I say I say this, it's the metaverse. It's the use of virtual worlds to interact with each other. You know, COVID struck, we all got locked down and we started, you know, the Zoom stock went through the roof, right? We're all yeah. sick of Zoom at this point. <laughs> Even though you and I are like right now recording on Zoom. <laughs> all right, we all experienced Zoom burnout at some point. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, like within the first few months. But at this point, like we don't need Zoom anymore. You know, there are already virtual worlds where you and I can be interacting with each other. We could have hit record in virtual reality right now somewhere where we could have shaken hands. If we could afford a ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 Tesla suit, then we could have been wearing our Tesla suits and we would have felt each other shake each other's hands. You know, the technology is out there to make this far more immersive when we're connecting digitally and virtually than it is right now. We can walk through office space, sit down at our desk in our classroom and, you know, hear the teacher's voice become a little bit more silent when they turn and write on the virtual whiteboard because they're not looking at us anymore. I mean, all of these are audio visual stimulations and even physical, the handshaking, I said, that can be carried over into a virtual world. And this technology is just emerging. So that's why I'm saying we're playing the long game here, not just because you know we're at the on the timing of technology, but also because there's a huge educational component to this. People need to get hip to what's going on. You said in the beginning, there's so many terms, like you said game fi and yield farming, and there's like all these terms that people are going to be much more familiar with in 10 years. And right now it's part of my job is to to hop on podcasts like this and just start talking about it. Let the world know that this is an inevitable part of the future and you know we should embrace it and find our place in it. When I said I want to be playing games more, it's like, man, we all got locked down and all we did was like buckle down and work. Like work productivity must have went like through the roof because <laughs> nobody knew what to do. Right. You know? <laughs> 
Oh my God. And so I want to play games more. I mean, we yeah. can be playing to earn, not just by picking up the game and playing to earn, but in the whole play to earn or play and earn, you know, there's different phrases people are using, but in this gamified event space, there, there gamified space, there are ways to earn without even playing the game. Like you can buy digital assets and loan them to other people, like essentially rent them to other people who then use them and they play with these game assets. They earn crypto for doing it. And then they auto, you know, automatically that, that crypto yields get split between the player and the investor or the, the guild leader who, you know, that's where the term guild comes from is a guild is basically just a group of gamers who are working together towards a common cause. It's been around a long time. It's not a new idea, but the way that guilds are being applied to this play to earn paradigm is that, you know, the best players are getting together to try and earn the most. And maybe there's a, somebody here in the U.S. who can afford a bunch of digital assets, but somebody in the Philippines or in an African country cannot afford those assets. So what we can do is buy them here and loan them to people to empower them in in other countries. And let me tell you, some guilds are really taking that to the next level and truly empowering entire communities of people in other countries. And and this is brand new. So, I mean, when we start thinking years ahead, this is going to be impacting the way that that people are earning money. Uh, Target, uh, how do you say this? Um, Scholars is what we call the members of a guild in Axie Mm -hmm. Infinity. Axie Infinity is one game, right? So Mm -hmm. a guild guild leader may have a hundred scholars. In some countries, those scholars are earning more playing Axie Infinity. Well, at least they were when the value of those assets were up a bit higher a few months ago than their minimum wages. My point is people were being targeted and jumped and, and like having money stolen from them because people knew that they were scholars in a game. And mm. those scholars in that game earned five, six times the minimum wage in some countries. And so I think that's fascinating. I mean, to yeah. be able to move into an era where not just athletes are able to earn <laughs> their living from playing. And then we've seen that in cosplay and things like that. And Most people in entertainment, their fans might say that they're playing and getting paid to do what they love. And and so here's this whole other extension to that model. And one of the things that struck me when we first met was your energy and that it was like, wow, he didn't lose that childlike side of him, that inner child, the the desire to want to have fun and and like gather people around and say, hey, you know, like when we were kids on the playground, hey, do you want to play tag? Come on, come on. And to bring that energy and to bring this different approach to work and building, to bring that to the metaverse world or Web3, I think is really great. And I would just love for you to share what was it that you did or what do you do now that allows you to hold on to this level of imagination and idea of play. You know, you didn't let that go, you know, and you said you have this other love and passion, you know, botany and plants and science and, but you are choosing to play. You're choosing to use your imagination to build something for others to play. And I think that's really unique. And I'd love to dive into that a little more. Sure. I think part of it really starts with our our mental approach to something. We can gamify anything really. It's kind of mm-hmm. our approach to getting something done. You can reward yourself for checking some things off your to-do list. And effectively, that is, that's, that's gamifying the process. And your strategy there is you're giving yourself points. You can level up maybe, you know, if three days in a row, you check all the things off your boxes, you get to level up and you get to enjoy something else for yourself. Mm-hmm. You can make your own prizes. 
I think my point here is that it starts in in our heads the way that we want to approach what we're doing. Uh, it could be dreadful work that we've got to get done. And if so, I don't know, consider changing careers or <laughs> in the meantime, gamifying what it is that you've got to get done. And I see people doing what if you're an architect, you're going to be building your buildings in virtual reality within the next few years. You know, not, right. not sitting at a desk, but strapping on a headset and actually stepping into 3D space. Like, why start on 2D space when you're building a 3D thing? That doesn't make sense. And so, I mean, that's just one example. I was I literally just thought of that. But I mean, that's one idea of everybody's jobs in school are all going to step into this virtual space. And it becomes much easier to gamify things there and create these reward and punishment systems for doing things that you're supposed to and not do. And mm. Yeah, so would you say that, so as you were sure that you've been in music for a long time and entertainment and and wanting to create these environments where people are having fun. I mean, it's the Kunta MC, right? Like you're known also by that username as well. So would you say this is something, this mindset of gamifying what you do may have been in school or for work and you had that time and music where that's for some they'd argue that that's a game in and of itself that's like playing so is this something that you feel is you've always done through adulthood and just never let it go or was there someone in your life that inspired you to like maintain this mindset or create this mindset yeah that's a great question i know i've never really thought about that and i don't think i was very conscious of the gamify everything element of my mentality for a long time Although it's kind of something I've always done. It's like, I don't want to do this, but if I get down these things, I'll reward myself with this. And that's at the essence of gamification. And no, I don't think nobody's, there's no inspiration for it. I think it's just been my persona and I've become more aware of it over time. And I've always enjoyed games and playing games and building communities. And a really cool part of Web3 that's not really a part of Web2 is the community building element of it. Absolutely. Every project needs to have a strong community to be part of it. Otherwise, you're just one of another billion projects. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I grew up with four brothers and a younger sister. And although they were into gaming at a long time, for a long time since we were kids, we loved coming together, even though there was a span of age difference. And we would play board games. We would go outside and play. We'd play cards. And we would throw in the, we say for the kids that are not, are not over 18, kind of ignore this. We would gamble with candy. <laughs> we would have, okay, you had your pile of Starburst and you had your, you know, your Skittles or whatever you were bringing to the table. And it was more than the game. We like wanted to like take it up a notch. And even when I work as an advisor or consultant, I look at the problem as a game and saying, okay, what are the ways that you can win this game? And you know, what are the assets? What are the deficits? And I think you can overlap that with sports as well, right? And I think the idea of having this mindset throughout your life is incredible and you're bringing it now into Web3 and the metaverse, but then to also make people aware, like, look, like you literally, no matter what you're doing right now, you can use this concept of gamification, yeah, as your day job, but like what you're doing and or just applying it to your life now. And what are those reward systems that you are giving yourself to do more of what you should do that's a benefit to you, right? Like how are you rewarding yourself for exercising more or eating better or spending time with your friends? And 
maybe just that those memories you're building is the reward. But I love this idea of try to gamify everything where every day is play and you don't lose that that inner child, you know, as you're doing what you're doing. Exactly. In a lot of cases when it's used and strategically, it makes a, a community or a company or a class, if we're thinking like that, more cohesive. It mm. provides an opportunity to bind us together because play at its core is like something that we want to do with each other. Uh, That's it's so a, true. <laughs> you know? And so like it's a human element. It's like deep in us to do this, to want to play. Uh, right. So, so even our events that we're hosting and non-fun events is like, yeah, they're in Las Vegas. It's like the gaming capital of the world. You know, we're playing games and tournaments where, you know, we've got an esports arena for axiretreat.com and for landevent.live is another event coming up. Those are the websites for them. And, you know, sure, we're playing games and we're at an esports arena and we're in Vegas where there's games everywhere you turn, but how can we gamify it even more? <laughs> and, and to do that, I mean, and it sounds like a joke, right? But I mean... Oh, like, yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep playing. No, it's, it's true. All of, yeah, so all of our tickets are NFTs and there are NFTs. This is, helps tie it to the metaverse element of it. Is We also have an NFT collection we're launching where the, the characters of the NFTs have different personalities, which give the holders of those NFTs early access to different activities at our events. So it's like if you have the foodie personality of your non-fun friend is the name of the project, then you get early registration access for the foodie excursion at the next event in Vegas. And then creates these opportunities to bring subsets of people at the events together around something that, that ties their personalities together, like being a foodie. So people will go out of their way to buy that foodie non-fun friend. Well, I'm all over that foodie <laughs> one. I'm telling you, I'm there. I was just having a conversation with some friends that were poo-pooing Las Vegas. I'm like, okay, listen, first time I went, I wasn't a fan. But when I went back, I said, ooh, I'm literally going to find the best brunches, buffets, restaurants, chefs, whatever I get, and literally just do the, like a foodie tour. It was the best time I had. And so anyway, I'm all over the foodie concept there. I want to segue into the next part of the show where you play host. I'm going to give you the mic and you're going to ask me whatever question or two you want. And then we're going to wrap it up with questions from our listeners. So I'm handing you the mic. All right. What I have been really interested in and in knowing a bit more about you, Nova, is the origin story of your fascination with stars and space. For Ooh. me, yeah, I mean, it's a big one for me. It's a, a sincere question I've been wondering. Uh, you know, you didn't have to pass me the mic for me to start wondering about this one. Because I'm a fan. Like, we are all made of star stuff. So tell me, where did this come from with you? You know, that's a really great question. I don't think anyone has ever asked me that. Oh, wow. Well, you know, they say that you really step into your name, you grow into your name. And as a kid, I heard every comment you could think about for my name. It wasn't that common then, but sometimes it would be likened to Supernova. Hey, Supernova or Chevy Nova or Nova Kane or whatever. Okay. I didn't know, like, Nova was your name, Nova. I thought like cunt is not really my name. It's the name of an axie that I've like embodied. But anyways, okay. Yeah, classic. and I would get that too. People would ask me all the time, is that your real name? And right, okay. you know, just imagine that as a kid growing up. Is that your real name? Yeah, is it supposed to be something else? Like I don't know. And I feel that it was probably something that was inside me, but I always had a curiosity of what's beyond what's in front of us. 
what's ahead of us. And that's also tied to my love of history, which is really interesting. It's so they're on opposite poles. And I think that's always sit in the middle of everything. I'm, I'm always, I like the old and the new, like that's my thing, very eclectic mindset. But for me, space is a place where imagination can just go wild. And we don't know the majority of what we can learn about what's out there. And, you know, so part of it is just the stories and lore around the universe and the galaxies and, and stars. And I remember as a kid, I would lay on the ground, you know, at night during the summer and just look up at the constellations in amazement and wonder and try to find as many shapes as possible. But it was so incredible to see something that was so great and so beautiful that we could possibly never touch or see or and so there was always this sort of desire to want to know more and learn more and then as I became just more aware of my name and the meaning the multiple meanings behind my name I saw that connection even more and in terms of space and the world beyond us I would have dreams I kid you not I'd have dreams all the time about aliens either aliens coming to visit us or spaceships in the sky or whatever. And as a storyteller, that fascinated me. And I was inspired by this story. It's like over seven years ago now. Very, very vivid story of this powerful queen from another planet that comes to Earth and how alike we are, you know, to other beings than different we are and how we we have those same sort of emotional journeys and growth points and low points and how we can see ourselves evolving and ascending as a people, as a race. And and so that just continued to grow into this three volume saga that is now <laughs> the first project that I'm launching under Raindrops NFT Art House. And, but yeah, I think it's part of what was already inside me. I don't think there are accidents. My father actually was the one who came up with the name to name me Nova and I really feel a connection with the galaxies, the universe and beyond and and think storytelling is a powerful way that we can inspire others to continue to play, as you were saying, and to find those joys in life and within them. And so by pushing the boundaries and using space as a new frontier for us to build something brand new is so exciting. And I think being a futurist, like someone who really is intrigued by the future, but without letting go of the past, I honor the lessons we learn from our past and the culture that's built from our history. But I'm always looking forward, like what's next, what's new, and how can that impact us now to be better? And so, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but that's what comes to me. I love that question though. Now I'm going to sit back and after the (laughs) podcast and go, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's great, though. I had, did not realize that Nova was really your birth name. So that's beautiful. Yeah, and we do grow into our names. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you talk about the unreachable and, you know, how the stars create that sense of fascination. I, I think as there's a similar appeal to the metaverse. It's this great unknown where we can build anything that we can imagine we can make real. And I say real, and I mean real. Like, I think in the beginning you said, whether it's in the metaverse or real, and still we always set this contrast of IRL versus virtual. And 
I don't know. I mean, isn't it real life? Like we're on Zoom right now and it feels like real life. I don't know. Yeah. It's virtual, right? But I'm really talking to you. This is real. That's true. <laughs> that is true. No, that's a really good point. You're right. There is this division between the virtual world and the real world. And if you close your eyes, is that not a virtual world when you're imagining something? So there's right. definitely truth in that statement. And I love that you threw that out there because now I'm going to have to rethink. <laughs> I'm definitely one of those that keep them separate. But, no, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm like in the heart of it. And I say, you know, what, what are you talking about our IRL components or our virtual? And like, it's just, yeah. you know, as humans, we love to put things in boxes. But the fact is, True. virtual is real. I have... A very good friend. He's actually my business coach and we became good friends. And he lost his sight when he was 11. And when I started going deeper and deeper into Web3, blockchain, the metaverse, and he was just picking it up like boom, 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 boom. And he was like, I live in a metaverse. Like this is my life. He just not having sight, everything is in his mind. He has to see everything through his imagination and create those images. And that was fascinating to me to hear that. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I was visiting another friend when I was in Miami for a crypto event. And he too shared, he's in Web2, like 100%. And he was just fascinated by what I was doing in like the metaverse with NFTs and all this stuff. And he said, yeah, I was sharing this with my father who's blind and he totally got it. And his father is in his 80s. And again, going back to your point, well, is this not real? Like, why are we separating it? I think we can also just apply those lessons. Is this, how different is going into our imagination than going into a virtual world? Good point. So this is a great time for me to take back the mic. <laughs> and I appreciate those questions and love what we were just sharing. I want to make sure we get to some questions from our listeners before we wrap up as well. So there was a lot of information shared about gamification as it related to the metaverse and or virtual worlds. And so if someone who is listening now interested in taking that first step, what would you advise them to do? Will, I mean, there's a lot of different first steps. I think it kind of depends on what you want to do with your, your metaverse experience. So that's a tough question to answer. I think broadly speaking, it would be just, you know, start educating yourself a little bit, reading about what the metaverse is. At this point, I think people even use the word metaverse wrong. Like I, hundreds of times a day, I see the word metaverses. I don't think there are metaverses. It kind of stands in opposition to what the idea of a metaverse is. <laughs> metaverse is the collection of virtual worlds, just like there is a universe, there is a metaverse. So I don't know, the exploring some of those virtual worlds that comprise the metaverse and which of those are going to help enable you or empower you on on your personal journey of whatever it is you want to use the metaverse for. It's really just an extension of our life. I mean, it's kind of like the internet was in the 90s. It's a place where we can take our communities, our ideas, and share them with the world in, in new ways. That's about it. The difference between Web3 and Web2 real quick is that people can share this data and take ownership of it. Rather than just sharing it a network, they can own the data. And that comes across in the NFTs and the, the cryptocurrencies and these various digital assets. I think I digressed a little bit. My point is, yeah. is if 
if somebody wants to step into the metaverse to explore like work options, there are virtual worlds that are being built that are just for work interactions. There are some that are being built just for school interactions. There are some where you can go into and build games there. Every kind of virtual world you can imagine, somebody else has probably thought of it and maybe they haven't acted on it yet. So there is still time for people to build these winners too. Yeah, yeah no, I, I hope that answered something. Yeah, no, it did. I think it absolutely did. And education, you know, starting there to then explore, yeah. you know, the more you know, the more you can then position yourself in an area that speaks to you. So I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. And our second and last question is you made a big pivot in your life from agriculture into the digital world of the metaverse and Web3. What do you regret, if anything at all? And what do you love most about that pivot? I don't get outside enough anymore. That's what I regret the most is, I don't know if it was my career that took me outside or like just the fact that now as, you know, I've, I've been an entrepreneur a while, including in agriculture, but this is big. So it's taking a lot of my life. I don't know if it's because it's digital, but I'm sitting at my computer for many hours a day and not getting out to the national park or the forests that are nearby. Uh, you know, I love hiking and climbing and rivers and there's not enough of that anymore. And I don't know if that's because of the digital or because I'm just working my butt off to try and build something, but that's the biggest regret. And the, the biggest joy from the pivot from agriculture to crypto and NFTs and events and gaming is that I get to play. I would always gamify what I did before, but even though I'm not playing the games that we're talking about playing, like I don't sign into an account in Axie Infinity and play Axie Infinity very often at all, but it feels like a game to me to be bringing all these people together to play games. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to bring people together so we can play more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to bring more kids together so I could play all day, every day and make money from playing. <laughs> Let's go. Like, who doesn't want to do that? It's funny because I, I don't know where it came from, but for the last few months, you know, when I will, you know, find someone that I really enjoy for one reason or another and and we're ideating a collaboration of some sort or working on a project together, I was like, yay, we get to play together. And that's what I see life is all about. Like, you know what I'm saying? Doing more of what you love with who you love. And when you go back to those early years in elementary school, especially, who could not wait for recess, right? It was just like playtime. And I don't think because you grow up, you all of a sudden don't like playing anymore. <laughs> just right. like, not at all. like, where did that come from? Like, where did that idea of no all work and no play come from? Or 98% work and oh, here's 2% of time where you can play a little bit. It's crazy. So I love how this is just a part of who you are, how you've been able to keep it in every phase of your life. Oh, and now you're in this new era of metaphors and gamification and web three and guilds and all this great stuff. So I'm just excited to have you on the show to inspire others to find ways of gamifying their life, no matter what you're doing. If you are still in web two or in web three or in web 2.5, it doesn't matter. The point is to ha just have that mindset of play, right? So love, love, love that. And thank you so much, Bobby, for you know being on the show with us and sharing that with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's fun to chat. I look forward to our enjoying Vegas. We'll take the food tour, huh? Yes, foodie time. Let's go. <laughs>
Oh man, thank you, Bobby. And thank you again to our listeners for joining us on another episode of Unleash Your Supernova, your guide to creativity, manifestation, and mindfulness, where we show you how to tap into and become the brightest version of yourself. If you liked what you've heard today, please subscribe and share this link with your friends, whoever you feel that it can add value to, please do that. And if you have not yet gotten the book, Unleash Your Supernova, what are you waiting for? It is your guide to increase creativity, beat burnout, and launch any idea that you have maybe in the real world, Bobby's not going to like this, or at the metaverse. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, definitely get the book, Unleash Your Supernova. It's available everywhere you can find your books. And that's it for me today. Stay well. And until next time, ciao. Bye.